Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Hi, I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan, still. <laughs> In today's episode of Flip It or Skip It, we're going to talk about airline memorabilia. I don't come into uh, contact with airline memorabilia very often because I'm not out looking for it. It's not at the top of my mind when I'm out picking. I'm sure. looking for other things. But that whole business changed dramatically in the 80s. The golden era of air travel was after World War II, 50s, mm-hmm. 60s, 70s. And it was just different. There were lots of airlines around. Uh, first class was really first class. Mm-hmm. Uh, even coach back then, you had leg room and got decent meals. Well, as decent as it could be for airline <laughs> food. But those were, those were the golden years. And sure. In the 80s, of course, there was the air traffic controller strike. And then shortly thereafter began the the hijackings and, mm-hmm. you know, the terrorist activities. Began, and the uh, TSA was checking everybody that got on a plane. And air travel became harder mm-hmm. because of competition and fares and that sort of thing. Airlines also cut back on their giveaways. They used to, the gift shops were full of little uh, souvenirs and you could get brochures and deck cards and you could keep the menu. They actually had menus. They didn't come around and say, okay, you can have, you know, stale salad or tough steak. (laughs) (laughs) They had menus to choose from. So in there's lots of memorabilia around from those days mm-hmm. uh, because there was lots of activity and it was a flying was a classy thing to do. I can remember my first flight. Uh, I went away to college. So I was, you know, 18, the first time I got on an airplane. And I th- I felt a little bit embarrassed. I thought I was underdressed. I was a college student. So I had on, you know, <laughs> probably a t shirt and blue jeans or something like that. And everybody else, the men are wearing. Coats and ties, and the women are wearing dresses. And I thought, hmm, I guess I, I guess I didn't call this one. But uh, <laughs> so things have changed quite a bit. The interesting thing is that because they've changed, and because there's been so much consolidation in airlines and uh, budget cutbacks and and so on, the memorabilia from the golden age, 50s, 60s, and 70s. It's just worth more money. It's getting harder to find. What are you doing with airline memorabilia? Well, when I'm out treasure hunting, anything with an airline logo on it will catch my eye, definitely. And I will spend the time to research it on WorthPoint and on eBay and take a look at it before I purchase it. Back in the day, um, my family, we traveled a lot when I was young and Whenever we would fly, I would always get the pilot's wings, the pin, and I had a little collection of lapel pins um, of mm-hmm. of the wings. Every time you'd fly, you know the the young person would automatically get some wings, and that would be a big thrill. 
And unfortunately, they they're not worth um, big money unless they're the official pilot's wings that the pilot wore. Right. <laughs> um, the little plastic ones, you may get like eight, ten dollars for them, but right. they don't, you know, they're not big money, but you could put them in a group. I generally won't bother picking those up unless I want to hold on to them to put in a box lot with something else, like a travel bag. Right. Now, I've done well selling travel bags I find in a pile. I, last one I found in a pile at a Goodwill, mm-hmm. and it had TWA on it, right. and it was um, kind of smooshed, and it was just a blue vinyl bag. You used to see those all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and I did. I don't remember what I sold it for, but I know I did really well. I know I got more than you know two dollars than what I paid. For. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> but most recently, I had a client bring me um, a box lot of vintage playing cards. There were twenty-four decks of playing cards sealed, unopened. And there were 24 cards in a box, and I had six boxes of those, and I've already sold five. Wow. Yes, and and they went $75, $30, $40. I still have one left, and what I wanted to share with you is this new discovery that I had called a company called List Perfectly. Mm-hmm. And they, I've, I've ventured out of eBay a little bit, and I've started experimenting with selling on Etsy. Mm-hmm. And some of my items that are vintage and cool memorabilia are a good match on Etsy. And to make my life easier, instead of trying to, to, to take my listing that I already have on eBay and copy it and paste it over to Etsy and with list perfectly, I could just push a button and it would automatically list for me, bringing in all the photos and the description, and it brought in my whole listing over to Etsy for me. Wow! It's it's a seriously good tool that I I couldn't wait to share with our audience, but mm-hmm. you can check it out. Um, we'll have it on our webs on the WorthPoint website on our web page. I'll have a link for you to check it out further. On the podcast webpage. That's right. Yes, on the podcast webpage. It's something you might want to check into. Go to the webpage once you get it up there, but it's listperfectly.com, is it? Yes. Yes, and it's fun. When you switch platforms like that, you don't keep the listing on both places, right? You take it down on eBay and no, it stays live on both places. On both places. Yes, and then when you when you when I get a sale at Etsy, then I get a notice on my phone, and then I just log into Worth or to eBay, and I I remove it. I remove it from the platform. Right. So it it can be a little challenging keeping track of your inventory, but I. I just love the easiness of it. And personally, what I do when I've been listing items on Etsy is I list them higher than I have them on eBay. And that's that's just been my little strategy because personally, I'd rather sell it on eBay. Right. But I and it's been working. I've I've been selling a few things, not a lot. Of course, I sell way more on eBay, 
but I think that the cross promotion is nice. And I do, I do um, let people know about my website on, on Etsy. So it's, it's list perfectly that notifies you that it's been sold on Etsy. No, Etsy itself would notify me just like eBay would notify you. So they're with their services strictly just to list it perfectly on whichever website for clothing sellers. You can list it perfectly on Poshmark or Macari, or there's, there's a number, there's a nice list of, of sites that it complements. But personally, I, I'm, I'm all with using Etsy right now. Well, I think it's always a good idea to branch out. I don't like to rely on one platform too much for performance because, uh, well, if something went awry or they went down or, uh, you know, they said, we don't like the way you did this, so you're gone. If that's the only source of sales that I'm getting, it doesn't make me feel re- real secure. I like to have things spread out. That's so important because on eBay, if you if someone buys your item and it is not available and you have to you have to let them know that you're out of inventory, you're going to get a strike on your account. Right. And after so many strikes, you're out. Right. So you really have to pay attention and and remove the items when they sell on other platforms. That's very important. Right. But as far as the the playing cards go, I'm I'm in the process of I am going to list perfectly that last deck that last batch that I have, and I'm going to test the waters. And, mm-hmm. and I call it take it out for a spin. It, it doesn't hurt to test other platforms. Now, I just started testing platforms since last August. I've been in all, all in, all eggs in the eBay basket. Right, right. <laughs> so I've just started experimenting with, with different websites, and it's, it's challenging. It is. But I also believe that if you spread yourself too thin, everything gets done kind of half A. You just spread yourself too thin. And of course, I'm sure you've had experienced that in your lifetime. You can't you can't do it all and get it all done right. But um, anyhow, you can experiment with that. Okay, Dana. Well, this is a good spot to take a break for a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. WorthPoint helps you make more money by ensuring that every sale brings the profit it should. We take the guesswork out of how much to pay and how high to price. The WorthPoint price guide lists over 500 million items, sold for prices, and photographs. 15 years of antiques and collectibles data. Put simply, WorthPoint helps you make more money. For a seven-day, seven-look-up free trial, go to worthpoint.com. Well, here we are. We're back just like I promised. Uh, Yours truly, Wayne Jordan and Dana Crawford, and we are discussing flipping airline memorabilia. Back to the friendly skies. (laughs) Back to the friendly skies. Um, Let's just take a look. Now, there's some airlines, I don't know the whole list, but... When airlines are out of business or or they're no longer flying, that those types of airlines or foreign, they their items seem to sell better and they they could be a little bit harder to find. Right. But I had to also think about the airline travel bro- brochures like the menus. Um 
What about the barf bags? Uh, well, are, are they new or used? <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> really? Depends on who barfed in it. Have you seen what they sell on on eBay? <laughs> I saw something where, where a, a tissue that Scarlett Johansson blew her nose into on some talk show <laughs> sold for a couple of thousand dollars. Oh, that's so disgusting. Now, most recently, a Northwest Orient Airlines barf bag, a.k.a. air sickness. So there's some keywords for you folks. On March 12th of 2021, it sold for $12. Mm-hmm. So, and that was new. It was not used. Good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> there's uh, there's so much. When you think about uh, any kind of travel memorabilia with airlines and trains and, and so on, I mean, you, you can get things like uh, pens and posters and ashtrays and uniforms. And that's something you don't see anymore because you can't smoke on planes. No. And you're right about the memorabilia from overseas airlines yes. are going to sell for more because there's just not as much of it in America. But if you've right. been on Ethiopian Airlines or or, or BOAC, uh, who isn't around anymore, then those things are going to be desired by collectors. Anyone who's interested in this sort of thing, I'd recommend that you go to an airline collectible shows. They're all over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delta is headquartered in Atlanta, so there's a big museum and collectibles show in Atlanta every year. You can find other others in San Francisco and Phoenix and Cleveland, uh, Washington, D.C. The shows move around the country, but there's seven or eight big airline collectible shows every year. I don't know about the this past year with, with uh, the COVID lockdown. It's an ongoing thing. And, and there are museum displays and there are tables and tables and tables of everything. Brochures and posters and ashtrays and uniforms. Uh, I saw on eBay this morning that there was an entire pilot's dashboard from a jumbo jet. Yeah. <laughs> That was offered for sale with all the instruments in it. Wow. And people buy stuff like that. They buy the, the chairs. They buy the, the windows and the seats. And when a company goes out of business and has to liquidate all that on order of the bankruptcy court, mm-hmm. then people will start buying it up. They'll buy everything they can get their hands on. Yeah. So there's, if you're really into, airline collectibles, then you can get a good idea of the range of collectibles by going to one of these shows. An organization called the World Airline Historical Society Online, and their website is wahsonline.com, and they have a list of shows, and Mm. they're all about collectibles, and they're our collectible shows not just in North America, but they're in Europe too, because this kind of thing is seems to be more popular in Europe than it is here. Well, then we need to go abroad. <laughs> <laughs> oh darn! 
Worth Point is based in Atlanta. And if Delta yes. has a big show there in their museum and that sort of thing, that would be a sensible thing to do. Atlanta would be a perfect uh, location because the Worth Point headquarters is there and it right. would be convenient. In fact, we're doing a treasure hunt there in June 2021 mm-hmm. at Scott's Flea Mart or Scott's Antique Show. Right. So Atlanta is a good location. And now I was just looking up some pilot. Items So vintage pilot hats are also pretty good sellers. Again, it depends which airlines. Most recently, a TWA hat sold for $110. Mm-hmm. And uh, a United Airlines hat sold for $195, according to WorthPoint. Hmm. So, yeah, so pilot hats, keep an eye out for those. Mm-hmm. And the uniforms, now, I found an early vintage Piedmont Airlines stewardess flight pin, mm-hmm. and that sold most recently for $180. That's a lot for a pin. Yes. Yeah. So it's the official stewardess or the pilot pin. Those are the ones right. you want to look right. for. But if you don't know, if you won't know, it doesn't say stewardess on it. It's just the design. So if right. you spot a pin and you're thrifting, you want to grab the pins, even if you don't know what it is yet. You could look it up when you get home if you get it cheap enough. Right. And then who knows? It could belong to a pilot hat. It could belong to a pilot lapel or a stewardess. Well, they're not stewardesses anymore, are they? Flight attendants. Yes. And if you do buy something that turns out to be not worth a whole lot, then you can start putting together a box lot. There you go. And you'll end up getting more for it as a box lot. I've actually sold some posters that were travel agency posters. Travel agency posters that have a little, some of them will have a mention of the airlines. Um, it's like, for example, there's a United Airlines with a Hawaii you know, right. with the advertisement of Hawaii. So they're advertising places for you to travel to. There's even Los Angeles one that went for $168. And it was Transworld Airlines. I'm, I'm looking, uh, recently sold, sold last month, just a few weeks ago, March 28th, 2021, an original TWA Transworld Airlines Los Angeles Hollywood Bowl travel poster. Sold for three thousand forty-eight dollars. What? Yep, I've got the got the eBay page up. Here's a vintage World War II era uh, Chinese pilot oh. silver wings went for twenty-nine hundred. No way. Yeah, there's some. And this I'm look scrolling through uh, airline memorabilia sold in the past. What is it? Ninety days. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a loose loof. Danza uh, to Paris nonstop 1958 poster sold for $2,000. There's a lot of pilot's manuals, repair manuals. Oh. Uh, here's a pair of uh, a recliners from first class in a Boeing 737. Went for $999.95. Wow. Wonder what they're going to do with that. I don't know, but it looks to me like it'd be nice to have in a Media room or theater room. It looks like they're they look a little bit on the small side, mm-hmm. but it looks to me like it's a regular recliner where the feet come up and 
Well, on WorthPoint, I put in travel poster airlines, highest price first. And in 2018, a 1949 ELAL Israel National Airlines travel poster sold for $5,000. LL, yeah. So Israel. But you know, Wayne, I think that you can still find these posters because a lot of, I mean, people... There could be flight attendants or there could be travel agencies or travel agents that um, have retired. They had them sitting in a shelf or they passed away and they had clean out come in. And now they're all at the Goodwill or they're at the thrift store and they're rolled up in a in a pile. So never, never skip by when you're in the thrift stores, the the boxes that are under the table or. Right. You know, that are in the corner. I have found the best, highest value items in the corner or under a table. That's because the people in the store don't know what to do with them. Or they haven't decided to address them yet. Or, yes. oh, I'll put this over here until I figure out what to do with it. That's right. The foundation of my flipping and selling experience is that before I'll buy anything, I want to know something about the collectors, something about the buyers. Who's going to buy this? If I buy this, who am I going to sell it to? Mm-hmm. Where am I going to advertise it? What am I likely to get? I want to know all the customer information that I can get before I'll post anything for sale. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's not like back in the day. You could just put it up for auction and roll the dice. Exactly. Exactly. Well, things have changed a lot in the past 20 years. You know, when I was uh, coming up as a a young dealer, uh, antique dealers ruled collectibles and antiques and that sort of thing were found, not all of them, but most of them were found in in antique stores. Mm -hmm. People didn't know what the same items were being sold for in the next town over. It was hard to compare, and dealers could just about charge whatever they want. I, I hear often dealers reminiscing about how great it was back in the 80s. Why well, I like it a lot better now. I, there's more transparency. Yes. Uh, it keeps the dealers honest. It gives the the buyers the information. That's the thing I like best about WorthPoint is the transparency. You you know when you go on WorthPoint, you know what people are selling these things for and right. you know what you should pay for them. It's foolish to try to make a profit and run a business without knowing that. Very good. And I I have to mention, uh, with WorthPoint, we did a a treasure hunt one time to Hartford, uh, and they have a a show there that I believe they run it twice a year, and it's called Paper Mania. Oh, I've heard of that. It is so much fun, and I'm really hoping that we're going to return. Now, at Paper Mania, you would find these posters nonstop. You would find mm-hmm. airline tickets. You would find everything you can imagine in that's paper in the right. airline industry. Right. Now, the great thing about paper mania is these are sellers that know that the majority of the people there are resellers. Right. They will work with you. They will, will cut deals with you. And I found the show to be very fair. In fact, Will Seipel, the CEO at WorthPoint, he left there with a, a lot of merchandise. <laughs> and <laughs> Well, his main focus is ephemera, photographs, that sort of thing. It was just so exciting. I actually bought some cruise ship 
tickets or menus from a cruise mm-hmm. ship. Right. And I sold those right away. But you never know what you're going to find. But paper mania is one, if you like this kind of stuff and you want to see a huge assortment and you know collection in one spot, check it out. Oh, paper mania sounds like a good spot. Okay, Dana. Well, can you believe it? We're come to the end of episode 20. I appreciate our listeners joining us and drop us a line. If you have any questions or topics that you'd like us to talk about, you can find us at flipitorskipit.com. We hope we hear from you. Dana, thanks. Thanks for flying with us. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint.com.